Yeah. Yesterday I did, yeah, but not this oh, morning. Yeah. Okay. Bam, we're live. I kind of wanted to I wanted to run this by Steve to get a, a third opinion. I guess I have you for a <laughs> a, a second opinion. This is the CrossFit documentary that just came out. I don't uh, know if it is good, um, and that's not the point of what I'm about to share with you guys. When I was – uh-oh. Are we live on YouTube? We should be because there's comments that already came in. All right, fine. Stand by. Grounding. It's what's for breakfast. Ah, happy th- happy Saturday. Kenneth, yes. Kenneth. Yes, we're, we're live. Yep. When 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 I was uh, running the media department over at CrossFit Inc., we made these documentaries, and they were CrossFit Games documentaries, and it was basically what they're doing now. Every year that we would put out a documentary that would cover the games, or almost every year. And some years there were some variations on it. We did one one year that was just strictly about Rich Froney, fittest man on earth. And the very first one was the one that uh, Carrie Peterson and I did um, on the $17,000 budget, Every Second Counts. And... When we would sell the movie on iTunes, we would sell it for a certain price. Oh, there's tall Steve. Great. Here we go. Steve's opinion too. Bam. What's up, dude? How we doing? How we doing? Good. Good. How are you? Cool headphones. Are those? Are you? Were you just done wrestling? Is that? Are the? Are those headphones? Those are headphones. I uh, my ears. My ears are fucked. I haven't worn the headgear like (laughs) I gave up on that a long time ago. Yeah, me too. I love. (laughs) I love. I love head though. <laughs> a good purveyor of head. Huh? Yeah, yes, connoisseur. <laughs> a head connoisseur. <laughs> it, my, my, my. I, I, I will say this: I'm lopsided in my expertise, though. Extremely lopsided <laughs> in my expertise. I'm not. A, I'm not great at giving it. I'm yeah, yeah. Very, 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 very limited experience. Very inexperienced. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's a one-way street. That's right. I hate. I hate it. I hate it when I even picture myself giving it. <laughs> I hate that. The mental image alone. Uh, Steve is my Instagram friend. We did a podcast back in February third, February thirteenth of two thousand twenty-two, which is five months ago when his baby was seven months old. So that means his baby's a year old. Just about. Yeah, it should be um, on July fifteenth. One year old. Dang. Happy birthday to mama. Yeah. Happy birthday, little baby girl. <laughs> a year yeah, ago. The day, the day after me. Oh, no shit. Oh, wow. Yep. Yep. That's cool. Hey, Steve, I, I want to sh- uh, just use use you for a minute. Actually, I'm going to sure. use you for an hour, but uh, this is like extreme <laughs> using. Um, so I was just saying about how I used to produce these documentaries for this company called CrossFit. And we would put them out every year and we would do a pre pre order like they do on iTunes and we would pre sell the documentary at at fourteen ninety nine. And the company that put out the documentary every fucking year would approach me and say, hey, it's five days before it comes out. We want to do a flash sale and lower it to nine ninety nine. And I'd be like, that's completely fucking unethical. Yeah. So, what, what do you mean? I'm like, we've sold it for $14.99. We haven't given anyone the product yet. And then five days before it comes out, we're going to lower the price to $9.99. I could see after it's been out for three months to lower it to $9.99. But you can't lower the price just to sell more to your constituents. These aren't these. Are, you're not walking around selling magazine orders to fucking earn candy. And that's the fourth grade. 
You're a fucking mature adult who's selling something to your constituency, meaning CrossFit's sort of a cult, a group, a family. You're right. selling a movie to them for $14.99, and then five days before it comes out, because you want to sell more, you lower the price and fuck all the people who pre-ordered it and still haven't gotten it. Like, I know I'm being a little passionate and biased, more. and I'm trying to sway you to my opinion, but do you see what no, I'm saying? It's, Why it's, it's a little, it's like a slap in the face to your loyal, the fan base that already yes. got it up and bought the, the pre-order. Yes. Yes. It's fucking and and, and yes. I would tell them every year we are not doing that. That I don't want to sell an extra 100 movies, an extra 1000 movies and give up my integrity, give up my relationship with you. Sure. And it'd be one thing like it'd be one thing if it were had been out for like a month and you're like man, sales suck. We got to we got to make a big marketing push and then you did that. But like do you, know, you said, do you know how long it takes to heal in a relationship when you cheat on a girl? N- never. We never, yeah. It never, it never comes back. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know that. It's the same. Unfortunately, I've been on the dumb shit side of that thing. It <laughs> never heals. It's a memory in there. Well, it's not that I would, I don't mean to split Please. hairs with you. I think, yeah. I think it'll heal, but it'll never be the same relationship again. Right, right. She mm-hmm. knows who you are. She knows what you're capable of. Oh, mm-hmm. fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you better not bring any friends over and get her nope. drunk for the next nope. couple of years because she'll make you that shit. <laughs> or you don't just, go anywhere. <laughs> I can't believe CrossFit's doing this. But but here's the thing. The people who made the movie, I, I think it's Mariah made it, uh, super high integrity. Not, not I, I'm, I'm not blaming her for this at all. Not her responsibility. She's the director. But this just shows that whoever's in leadership there don't give a fuck about integrity or isn't watching the ball. This is – this is world-class douchebaggery for just pennies. Mm-hmm. It's bad. It's bad. No one cares. No one over there cares. No, yeah. no one in the leadership cares. I don't even know who runs their marketing or media department anymore, but you, you are uh, – you're something else. Just, you're just burning people <laughs> in order to uh, – let's say you sold 1,000 more. So you made $10,000 more, and now everyone thinks – I don't even think you sold 1,000 more, to be honest. <laughs> Yeah, that's, well, a, that's a lot. That sounds like a lot. Yeah. I think Steve said it best, and he was like, it's a slap in the face to the people who pre sell because those are like your people. We, like we have really people that bought it earlier are the ones who were like, yo, I really want to like show out for my for yep. my my family. Exactly. So it's like your use of the word constituent uh, is very telling too. You know, what I mean it's like we usually associate the word constituent to like <clears throat> people that uh like usually it's citizens of an area under the rule of you know whatever an authority figure so last time i heard the word constituent in the current zeitgeist was whenever ted cruz dipped on texas after that big power outage and i very rarely find myself siding with um the leftist voice in terms of um politics but the left was super critical of ted cruz and it's not even because it was like a left versus right issue you know politics tends to be a thing where you know the left will point out anything that somebody on the right does and vice versa. Um, but people were very critical of him saying, you know, you left your constituents behind while there was a fucking crisis going on. Mm. And it was, you know, it was a very, very prescient point. Cause it was like, yeah, Ted Cruz, you did fuck up. Like that was a ridiculous, you fucked your constituents. And yeah, like I said, your use of it there is, is very, is very interesting. Cause it's like the people that bought in whenever there wasn't even a product to, you know, to look at, <clears throat> means that they are they're they're very like they're already sold out to the idea of like I just want to I just want to be a part of this thing before we even know what's going on. So if yeah, you this flag yeah, show, yeah. 
You're saying mm-hmm. it better than me. I should. We should have talked about it before we went on there. I didn't even think about it. Like, yeah, they they came in a month early and gave you their fourteen ninety nine. Exactly. They're the ones who love you the most, and now they're being told, "Aham, we're giving it to these other people who we had to twist their arm to buy it for five dollars mm-hmm. less." Mm-hmm. There was it's like thing. it's like rewarding your kid for being bad. Right. There's a thing in um in video games, and I'm I'm not by any means a big video game person, but I do like to look at you know trends in, in market and sales and whatever and there was a big thing where like it's illegal to do in europe like most of europe they had like these loot box thingies and the idea is i think that like you can spend we everybody spends the same amount of money on a product and yeah i mean the idea that you could spend x amount of money on a product and not know what you're getting so like yeah i mean kind of like a lottery sort of thing but everybody pays the same amount you don't know what you're getting in it influences the quality of your gameplay like is especially i don't want to unethical might be a little bit like strong too harsh too strong or too harsh of a word but i do think that like yeah that's kind of shitty to do like hey these guys bought in like right at the beginning they call it they have uh the free to play or pay to play like these games that are they they have these perks and games you know that 10 years ago it was like you know it's like if you bought Street Fighter and you already had Ryu, Ken, your normal cast of characters, and then you you bought you paid you know what fifteen extra bucks. Oh, okay, cool. I can be the fucking the teen, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It was like, wow, that's a nice perk. But right. it slowly evolved into this thing where it was like, I got to pay fifteen dollars just to be fucking Ryu or Ken. It's like what now the game. <laughs> is, it's, it's, not even, it's not even a game. It'd be like ten years ago. Okay, well we're playing neighborhood dodgeball, but if you pay ten bucks, you get a jersey. <laughs> that evolved into like slowly over time. It was like, okay, you pay ten bucks, and now you can use a fucking, you can use a ball. It's like, no, we need the fucking ball to play, dude. It's hey, like, you, yeah. you just described the. You could pull that down too, Susa. Thank you. You described the, just the whole slippery slope of of precedent. It's why it's so many. Th- exactly, it's the thing that right. people don't understand. When I went to college, I thought affirmative action was the coolest thing ever. Because they called it affirmative action. It wasn't like, hey, let's lower the bar and let in some people who aren't white. And 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 now it's and now it's just full turned into full blown racism. And that's that's the thing. I it's really weird. Like, it's weird. It's, out of out of out of the desire to do something nice. It's it's interesting that like and I had a feeling this was all gonna come up anyway, but I'd love, I didn't mean I to, sorry. I wanted to talk to you about about being six feet tall, six foot eight again, but fuck. No, I, I talked about that enough. Come on. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> come on, come on, man. We're here that we're here to talk about the real shit. No, so right, I was gonna right. say it I had a feeling this was gonna come up anyway, just because it's so it's so, you know, hot right now. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like with the abortion thing, right? Yeah. Um that's the thing. The the interesting thing about like laws and morals and ethical codes is like um, where like just because you've made a law about something or a, a rule or whatever doesn't necessarily mean it reflects like the morally right or wrong thing to do about it. It's just that like you've outsourced how much somebody can do of it to the to the government, which is you know. Oh um, wow! Have, the, Good definition. Have the best doesn't have the best track record for being moral or ethical or doing yeah. the right thing. So and we, we could that could be like its own two hour podcast, but. The point wow. is, like, um, the Spike Cohen, who's a pretty, like, probably one of the more loud voices in the libertarian circles. He ran for the vice president. What's his name? What's his name? Spike Cohen. Okay. 
Is he um, cool? Is he normal? Unfortunately, most of the fucking libertarian guys at the top are just like sit around and smoke weed all day and have crazy hair and like don't work out. And I'm like, what the? F-? They they look like they're seventy when they're only fifty two. I'm like, what the I, fuck is going on? If I had to identify politically, I would probably uh-huh. say I'm a libertarian. And that's the thing is like it does have this. Oh, this he very, looks good. Okay, he, sorry. He's he just turned forty too. So yeah, he looks beautiful. You, okay. He um. That's the thing is like it does have this weird like try hard you know whatever edgelord manner about it but that's the thing is like i really do feel like a lot of the the principles and the things that go along with it are you know kind of how i identify but anyway he, he went on a podcast the other day and pretty succinctly wrapped up how i feel about abortion just in that um whether you agree or disagree with somebody's right to get an abortion the terminated the second, pregnancy right the second you you that's the thing when it whether you think it's right or wrong one, it has nothing to do with whether or not you perform it. And two, the second you hand it over to the government to decide is whenever, you know, you start getting fucked up, right? So it's like, okay, cool. Like, um, it's illegal to get an abortion. Okay, well, what if they get sick? Okay, well, now you have to go to the doctor for this. Now you have to make sure, like, then, then what does that turn into? Are you properly taking care of this? Oh, yeah, yeah. You've given Are away you, power, yes. Right. And then and authority, mm, yes. It'll turn into a thing where, like, without stealing every word that he said, it'll turn into a thing where it's like 20 years from now, it's, you know, they're using the handmaid's tale thing. And I, I think that's kind of like uh, the, especially people that are, you know, pro-choice. Did the you watch that thing. series? No, I saw the first episode and it was really cool. My, my fiance fucking loves it. My wife started watching it. I walked by the TV. I'm like, no, thank you. That's fucking poison <laughs> for the brain. Fuck that's off. It. I think, I do think that like some of the themes and like the, the fuck the patriarchy thing, it's like, Okay, we're being a little bit too heavy-handed and a little bit too broad with our our tack. But that said, the Handmaid's Tale thing—it's like I really do feel like the spirit of it is going to be in. It'll turn to a thing where, like, 10, 15, 20 years from now, it'll be a thing where it's like it, it's just like you know, uh, if you told somebody twenty years ago or not twenty, more than that, probably like eighty years ago, hey, you're going to need a permit to collect rainwater. They'd be like, "What the fuck are you talking? Collect rainwater?" And yeah. now it's a thing where it's, it'll be the same thing with pregnancy if we're not careful. So whether or not you agree with abortion, if you hand it over to the government to decide when it is and isn't the right time, you know, it'll become something that like, OK, nobody, nobody properly identifies with like the, the rules and restrictions on it. It's just. Oh, you know, wow. Interesting. Does that make sense? The same yes. with, yeah. It's yes. A, and it's the same with everything in government. And this isn't this isn't me being. You know, this isn't me with an agenda. This is just me saying, like, okay, well, all the things that I've observed in my in my life up to this point have kind of brought me to that. Yeah, damn, what 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 the fuck are we really doing here? Mm. Uh, that's that's called clear thinking. What you're doing, by the way, <laughs> uh, Sp- uh, going back to Spike Cohen, I do I judge a man by his skin, not his skin color, but by his skin, and he had yeah. very nice skin. He had great skin. Yeah. yeah, and I judge you by your skin. You have a um a mark nice, on your face. Nice you look like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fighter. Uh, for those of you who don't know, um, Steve is a Bellator uh, employee. Is that fair? You you have a contract with Bellator. It's not fair to say employee, but I'm a I guess a contractor. I'm yeah, he's a contractor. Bellator. Yeah, he doesn't work in catering. Um, he doesn't set up the ring. He, <laughs> but he's he's more of a dancer inside the ring. Mm-hmm. He's a, he's a, he's a, a performing performer. act inside of the ring. For yes, yes, he does a performance <laughs> piece. Uh, 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 improv. 
You're an improv artist. I, I do. <laughs> I, I make I make magic happen a couple times a year in Sunday. And why only a couple? I know it's crazy, dude. You are a seasoned veteran. Seven seven um, dances where that you won as an amateur, then ten as a pro, and and so that's two fights a year. And I is that is that enough? Um, don't, and by the way, I haven't been in 10 fights in my life. So like, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm, like, no, if you got to reach through the camera and slap me around a little bit. I'm good. Well, to, give, to give it some, to give it some shape. When I was an amateur, what you see on like, especially my MMA record doesn't reflect my actual competition record. So I competed. I did the math one time from the time that I, that I graduated high school to the time that I had my last amateur fight. I competed on average between MMA, boxing, jiu-jitsu, and you know, whatever I could get in between. I competed on average every three months. So it'd be a jiu-jitsu tournament, and then I'd be getting ready for something two months later, and then and then a month after that, I would do this. And then a couple times, I'd actually planned, like, I had an MMA fight coming up, like, 10 days away, but that Wednesday, the week before... Um, not exactly, yeah. Heidi. Close. We'll give you two more guesses. He's not a ring girl. The only thing wrong there is that I'm not a girl. <laughs> the, worst, the worst, but you know, what I mean, the, the rules are always changing, right? But anyway, um, the Wednesday, the, not the Wednesday fight week, the Wednesday before, so ten days out. Um, I got offered a boxing match for that weekend, and I was like, "Yeah, sure, why not?" And it was like one of those things where I was just trying to get in as much competition as I could, try to you know, bone up, get better, and then, uh, like I said, the <clears throat> the next week was supposed to be an MMA match, but it ended up falling out. My point is, I, I did it all the time, and then whenever I went pro, <clears throat> just for you know whatever this reason or that, sometimes it was injury, sometimes it was, uh, sometimes I didn't always agree with the direction the promotion that I was with was trying to take me. Sometimes it was my management, sometimes my old management, sometimes it was, you know, just different things going on in my life. You know how that goes. So, but it led me to two times a, on average two times a year for the last whatever five years. Okay, and and that's and and I the example I can come up with right away is that um, it it's been since uh December of two thousand twenty one since you um performed at Bell your dance for Bellator, but we did see you in a jiu jitsu tournament, and that's how you popped on my radar. Uh, you fought uh Nikki Rod. Nikki, yeah. Okay, and then now you have another um performance on August twelfth. Mm-hmm. And and. And uh, it's get some Russian dude. Yeah, his name is Valentin Moldovsky. He so this guy Fedor Emelianenko, he is uh, like one of the recognized as one of the best heavyweights of all time in MMA. Valentin Moldovsky is like one of his uh, kind of like his students, one of his protege. Yeah. Kind of. So uh, if, if anyone doesn't know who Fedor is, go to YouTube and type in Fedor and watch some of the documentaries on him. They are incredible. He's a bad dude, man. Yeah. Whenever I got into fighting, he was still like at the, the peak of his powers. You know, he was still like competing really well at a really high level. Hey, so, are, are you are you ready to take the um? To, are, are you ready to fight anyone at, at Bellator? At, absolutely. Um, yeah, anyone. Absolutely, but I'm especially ready to fight Valentin Mardowski right now. Right. Uh, uh, I, I was listening to Max Holloway. So I read this book um, that um, Matt Souza told me to read uh, that pa Patrick Bed David wrote. And it was basically like, hey, you kind of have to see yourself five years ahead of where you are. 
And I was like, oh, yeah, I see that. And then I'm reading this book now by which I highly recommend. I recommend the Patrick Bed David book, too. Um, there's this book by Bob Rotella, Championship Mindset. And I'm actually listening to it. This move's great. Your next five moves. And then and then Championship Mindset by Bob Rotella. And he's basically saying that, like, your goal should always be basically to be the best. And then I heard Max Holloway today or a few days ago, and I've always heard him say this, that he sees himself as the champion even when he was 0-1, even when he was 3-3 and or whatever his record was. Yeah. And I don't think there's anyone who's going to argue that he's not like at the fucking pinnacle of his game, right? Absolutely. And he's he's another guy that's going to go down as like one of the best to ever do it, not just in his weight class, but like, you know, in general. Do, do you <laughs> feel when that happens to, to, to you? Like, I'm, I feel like I'm, I've slipped into that I feel like I climbed up a mountain and now I'm waiting for other people to show up and they show up one at a time. Do you feel that way too? Like in your, in your, um, in your discipline, like, Oh, I'm here now. It's just a matter of just like, what's the sports thing I put in the work. Now it's game day. I'm just here to cash the check, but kind of even further, like your whole, you're like already somewhere. Yeah, sort of. But well, that's the thing is. Oh, how champions think. Sorry. Okay. Thank you, Susan. How champions think. think. Yeah. I'll text it to you too. I'll text it to you. I'll text it to you. Yeah. I'll text you. It's a great listen. Um, LeBron's three point coach. Go ahead. I've gotten into, I've gotten real big in audiobooks a lot. My, my sister got me an audible subscription from, for what, and I probably read like just, just this year alone, I probably read like 15 books on audible. It's night. My commute to the gym is half hour both ways. So like, so, and I go twice a day. So you have to think that two hours a day. I'd otherwise just be sitting in the car. What speed do you listen at? 1.1 or 1.2 usually. Yeah. I've been listening to one. I just switched to one and a quarter. Yeah. So that's, I, depends on the book too. So I listen to Pet Cemetery at uh, one, one and a quarter because just the pace of the story and like the narration, it felt, it was more engaging of a listen, but I'm, listening to this book now by Graham Hancock called um, Supernatural, the Ancient Teachers of Mankind. And I oh, tried to listen to it at 1.1 and I had to slow it down to 1.0. Because your like, brain has to process the shit. There's just so much going on. I'm like, wait, what the fuck? And then he'd say something. <laughs> and I'd, I'd be like, and it's, he's an anthropologist and an archaeologist. So it's like, even sometimes just to hear the word and, and put it together, I'm like, oh, okay, that means this. <laughs> yeah, if I have to rewind like five times, I'm like, all right, That's Jackass, slow down. Sure. Now, you're, <laughs> now you're losing time. Yep. Oh yeah. Okay, sorry. So, are are you um, at ten and O? Are 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 you starting? Have you clicked <clears throat> into this? Wow, I'm I'm like, like almost. I guess in the cheesiest way, to say your self belief is like sky starts to skyrocket. I. That's the thing. Like, it's. I don't know. It, it, it's more a thing where it's like. I'm really, really grateful and really humbled that like I can be at a point now where I'm like, wow, like this is exactly where I saw myself five years ago. But that said, it's like, I, I think I keep feeling like I'm chasing this. I'm chasing this, like, okay, but like, what can the next evolution of this be if I stay on this course kind of thing? And I don't, I don't know, like my, my wrestling coach especially always tells me you never arrive, you never arrive. And I, I think it's, not just the thing where it's like you never arrive, like you never reach an aha moment, but it's also a thing where it's like you never get to a point in your life where you're like, you know what, I finally done enough. That's it. Or and I think if oh, you do reach that, right. if you do reach that point, it's time to. 
pack it up and get the fuck out. <laughs> but, call it a day. but you call you out, like you if you walk into a cage and you think, you know what, I've done enough, everything's okay. I think that's when it's time to if you Kinda, if you let I had this guy Gary uh Chevekian on. He's on the, he's an Armenian who just made it to the G League and the NBA. And he said he's going to work as hard as he can until God stops him. And that kind of made me think of wind. Wind just it, there's no end until it's done. It just yeah. peters out. So, <laughs> I, well, okay. Let me let me propose it like this, Steve. What about I heard Izzy uh, Israel Adesanya say a couple days ago that he performs his best when he's showing off, and he just wants to go in there and show off. And I thought, okay, I can kind of I, I feel that, you know, like mm-hmm. if. I feel that. That's beautiful. It is, <laughs> that's right? Really, that's a really interesting way of putting it. Um, I would say for me, um, I feel like I do my best whenever I'm, the best way I put it, think to put it is when I'm overflowing. When I've like done so much and prepared so hard and been so focused for such a long time that like, whenever I get into the cage, it's just finally ready to get out and not like, you know, like a caged animal sense. It's I'm finally ready to just express it. You know? Yeah. I look forward, you know, I was was really looking forward to, you know, not to, not to butter you guys up. I was really looking forward to doing this podcast again. And I was like, you know, sitting on my couch, drinking coffee. Like I can't wait to hop on there and have a good conversation. You know, whenever I finally got here, I was able to just let it all out. It's the same (laughs) thing. Yeah. And and conversely, my, I feel like my performances that I'm not as proud of, are generally, <clears throat> if I think about them, the more I think about them, the more I'm like, man, like I didn't, I didn't, I could have done this more. I could have done more. I could have given more. Not that I didn't work hard enough, but like in the in the fight, it's like, man, I should have just trusted myself to, you know, the best conversations are the ones where you feel like you've properly expressed yourself and you felt understood, you mm-hmm. know. And it's like in the cage, I feel like I've properly given everything that I'd had that I'd worked on in in preparation. Uh, just in a small example of that, um, when I used to come, I, I take, I make all these notes before shows, and not, most of the time I don't even use half of them. But one day I realized, and, and a lot of times I'll, I'll, I'll feed off of people's Instagram accounts, and I'll have all the links like in my notes. And then finally I'm like, hey, show up to the fucking podcast five minutes early before they come on, and just open all the fucking windows first. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that was mm-hmm. kind of the next level in my preparation, right? And then you're right. Then I'm even more excited to perform because I'm even more prepared. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, I can say, I can just click. I don't got to like be looking at you and digging through finding the fucking clip. <laughs> well, I think too, like, here's an interesting way of thinking about it. Like now that we, now that we touched on that. So like, there's a different amount of pleasure that can be found in one being prepared to like properly execute something and have it going exactly how you'd imagine. Like, um, I think if I if I were gonna credit like my favorite fight, it happened like a couple of years ago. It happened. It's, it's my favorite fight because it happened exactly how I'd imagined it was gonna. I was like, I'm gonna go in there. I'm gonna do this, and this is what's gonna happen. And it, you know, for the most part, it, like ninety percent of the way, it did. So it, it felt good because it was just like it was like I lit a match, hit a stick of dynamite, and, and then it blew up. But it it just felt beautiful to execute, you know. And just like in a conversation, you know, like, this is what we're going to talk about. This is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to learn. And this is how it's going to, we're going to end on that warm, fuzzy feeling of like, we both, we exchanged, you know, ideas. But that said, <clears throat> there's also something special about like, yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen at all. I just went in there ready to, ready to, to do my thing. And then we had a great time. Sometimes you bump into somebody who I couldn't say how many times, especially in the sport, I've been very blessed to like bump into somebody who I wasn't expecting a, 
you know, an intelligent back and forth with, but, you know, next thing you know, you're like, holy fuck, we've been talking for an hour and a half. Like, and that's, those are, there's something special to be said about that too. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. um, so, so you mean like you'll go into a ring, you'll go into a ring and you'll be like, let's say, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you guys train, but you'll be like, you've been really working on your hands a lot and you, but you end up, it go, ends up going to the ground and you win the fight in a submission and you're happy and it went totally different, but you never, but you have three pages of notes. Right. Fuck. I never talked to him about fucking his Valentine's day party and his exactly. bar mitzvah and his life. <laughs> I creeped on but I'm happy. for three months and I wanted yeah. to talk about his, his wife, but we ended yeah. up talking about his grandma. And it was still yeah. Cool, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to, um, uh, Steve Cohen, there was something you said that I feel like a lot of people don't understand or can't get their head wrapped around. I wish I could say it the way you said it, but it's basically being forced to think a certain way. So, um, so, so like they talk about when I think of um, people will say to me, Hey, uh, they talk about abortion in terms of women's rights. Yeah. And, and I don't think of it in terms of women's rights. I think in terms of human rights. And I don't I, like I think I think other people should have autonomy over their own body because in for one of the reasons that you explain because of that libertarian mindset, once you give it to them, then they start drawing the rules for you, of what you can and can't do and what what hoops you have to jump through and what triggers the need for an abortion here or there. And we just don't want to give giving them that power, even if I think killing a fetus is wrong or killing a zygote is wrong. This this is more important. And I have right. to make that decision. Mm. But but on the other hand, all the argument is around defending putting fetuses down, killing zygotes, yeah. killing babies. And I don't want to – even though I'm with that team, I don't want to defend that. Yeah. I don't want to ever be like – I don't want to get die and – I don't believe in God, but I don't want to – let's say there is one. I don't want to die and be like, dude, you were saying over here that you should kill a baby if it's going to be born into a poor household. I'm like, <laughs> sure. No, I never said that. That's really like, I don't want to say I, that shit. I do, I do believe in God, and I do yeah. think you have to give it – You, I do believe – I someday I'm going to have to give an account for like, yeah, everything. And I, yeah, I don't know how, what that looks like or how it'll play out, but in my head, it's you sitting down at a coffee table with God and him being like, right. So, you know, here we go. We, we had a guy at a gas station. You need a tank of gas. You bought it. No problem. That was good. Okay. So he couldn't have given, he didn't give you shit. You never saw him again. That was good. You gave a guy money who said he would pay you back and you wouldn't accept it. That was good. Okay. But here, um, you, uh, you stopped talking to a girl um, because you had sex with her, you never want to see her again. <laughs> Not your best book, Steve. Yeah. Okay. Here, yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to do that. Here, yeah. Here, you change your phone number, asshole. That was my right. daughter. Oh, sorry, right. God. Yeah. But yeah, but but I made that bitch. Thing. Why'd you treat her like that? Oh, fuck. Now, here's, here's the thing: people split hairs with what you know, with what the Bible says, and what yeah. what like what God's real intentions are when you know yeah. what human life is, what it isn't, and that's the thing: is it's like I I can cannot divorce myself from the idea that you know a, a zygote or a fetus or whatever like is a human life i just can't i cannot however um and then that, no matter how many statistics get presented about like what percent of abortions are topic pregnancies or miscarriages that weren't properly expelled or you know there's a hunt rape or incest i don't care what statistics i look at it's like one of those things where it's like it's it's Two, the two primary things for me are the first and foremost is that anytime you hand the government the right to decide, you never get it back. You never get it back. And definitely not in the way that. Oh, you, what you about do. slavery? What about slavery? What do you mean? 
They they we had slaves and they got their they got their freedom back. But, but so even that it wasn't they didn't have it and then they abdicated it. Oh we fuck! Had, good point. We good had, point. We had good to point. fight. Point. Very, hey, that's a, very a good sign. Then that means they'll never be slaves again. That's a good well, sign. That, exactly. But but more to the point, and this is again, this is why libertarians blah, blah blah. They all get this weird like edge lord. It took very a very serious amount of violence for the people that believed in slavery to back the fuck off and say and i mean that's it's another it's hotly contested over people love to say it's not what the slave the civil war is about blah 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 it was okay let's be honest with each other it was slavery was the hot talking point it doesn't matter but but my point is that um so the two put the two things right one anytime you give power to the government you never get it back without violence and two i just i'm not sure i feel comfortable Telling somebody what I regard it to be life is or isn't, or well, you know what, like what decides if it's if it's legitimate or not, you know. So because there's several things that I do that I'm sure people love. guns are the primary things. Well, you don't need it. You don't blah blah. I don't give a fuck if I don't need it. I want it, and it has nothing to do with you, you know. It's, here, here uh, I'm going to fall into the weeds here a little bit. The rape thing is interesting too because it, there's an emotional appeal. So people say that in my DMs too to me. They're like, it, for, for, no matter how many times I say I'm pro-choice because I don't have the normal pro-choice argument, people think yeah. I'm pro-life. It's so fucking weird. My Instagram it is – because they can't think outside the box. Yeah, people people – People, I didn't mean. To oh, I was it. really hoping I was going to see just your mustache full of snot. But well, I, you, that's the thing. You very well might. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't. I think I'm getting a little bit of allergies. And all this week during practice, people are like, "Yeah, you got a little." You know. <laughs> um, I, I don't a, want someone to say to me. Uh, so they're like, "What about rape?" And then I, and then, <laughs> and then uh, they're not saying it because they want to talk it out. They're saying it to give me like some sort of emotional fucking Heisman. Sure. Because to talk it out, I want to be like, "So what you're saying is, is if you were raped, if my wife was raped, then we should kill a baby." Like, uh, what? What's your logic there? Mm. Because, like me personally, now that I have three kids, if my wife was raped, I'd, I, I would, I would let her decide. But I would propose to her that, like, hey, man, I think you'll feel worse. That's the thing. If you kill the baby, it's, I think it's, you'll feel it's, worse. It's almost a thing where, it's and like, I'll raise you know, it. I'll help you raise it. Like I'm down. That's the thing. Is it's like it's almost a thing where it's like, well, look, like we really walked into a territory where it's like, not only am I not comfortable telling you what to do, I'm not comfortable telling you how to feel about it, and that's. That's the the fucking the meat and potatoes of almost every argument is people. Can you give me an example of that? What would that look like if you were to tell someone how to how to feel about it? Hey, so look, that is a human life in your body, and you should love it and cherish it, just like you love Mm. and cherish human life that you don't know. But it's but it's a if you could very easily flip. Hey, if you really cared about kids, you would adopt them. If you really cared about kids, you would work at a homeless shelter every day. If you and it's like it's one of those things where it's like, well, look, I'm not telling you what the right or wrong thing to do with your life is. I'm saying that, like, well, here's here's how I, and then that's kind of like, if I feel like if I'm being properly understood here, that's kind of what led me to like, well, here's where I am at in my life. Has nothing to do with how I feel, how I, or really anybody feels about it, you know, in the in the broad sense. It has everything to do with, okay, well, what what are you comfortable outsourcing to these people who you'll probably never talk to, have a conversation with? 
who get a percent of your income, who really you should be the boss of, not the other way around. You should mm-hmm. be the one making the rules for, not the other way around. How comfortable are you letting them decide for everybody? And that's that's really like the basis. I'm not. Of and you're right. The older I get, I'm not. Yeah, and and even I, even these. I didn't mean to interrupt, but um, no, 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 interrupt, interrupt. No, but the, that's what I'm saying is like even even people who believe in like a, a larger government, a more powerful government, a more broad government. It's like I don't understand how I don't understand how you're more comfortable giving up your right to to do that or not do that. Mm-hmm. I feel like I haven't let. Matthew, get a word in edgewise. No, I just, I just hang out. I, I bring stuff up. Don't worry about me. But Matt I was just like, has his here for his nice skin. I told you, I judge a man by. <laughs> I'm his not skin. eye candy, but I actually agree. I think if more, if more people thought about every decision when it comes to government intervention, the way you described it, that would actually, because right now we only have two sides. You have left or right, right? But mm-hmm. if you had, if you had people versus what we decide to outsource to the government, that completely changes the thought process as to what I'm deciding here and it and almost breaks away the two labels and it changes and the context. But that's the that's exactly the context that people miss. People mm-hmm. are so the and that's the thing is the government doesn't do well to think the the government doesn't do well to think that you have more than two options to think politically. The government would would collapse if people realized that or at least how people interface with it would totally disintegrate if they realized that like well hey look like <clears throat> it's not what I think should and shouldn't be allowed. It's what am I comfortable with somebody else policing for everybody, including myself, because of what everybody else, you know, no matter wow. how how large or small a minority is, or rather, no matter how large or small the the difference of the majority mm-hmm. is over the minority. Mm-hmm. And that's and then it's that could be like its own thing. I want to say something else too that I I will, I'll probably end up getting back. Oh, and this is sorry. This is the one last thing that, if I could encourage, I don't. I don't really feel like I have a lease on life or a knowledge or understanding greater than anybody else in any way. But I do think that if I were to encourage people to think one way about government, or really not government, actually not government, about life in general, don't think about what you think should and shouldn't be allowed. Think what, and this is the, the best way I can think to put. What are you willing to use violence against? Mm. And that's okay. Well, that's what. Whenever you bring government into the picture, that's what I think you're you're doing. What am I prepared to use violence against? And because whenever you involve government on a long enough timeline, if you if you're defiant or you don't listen to the rules, violence is where you end up. Mm-hmm. That's ultimately where i so and, and that's the thing i'm not saying I, this does, it doesn't have to be uh, we don't have to beat the horse anymore about it but oh dude it's the, so good the more ways the, you can say it i've never heard it said the fact yeah, that you're saying outsource to government is brilliant it's a great word and the fact that you're saying don't don't uh, what did you just say right there don't, don't um, think of what are you prepared to use violence against yeah and, and then before not, that you I worded mean, it like before you worded violence. it like hey what don't don't ask what you want your government to what we need to be worried about is not what people can and can't do, but what we're okay with allowing people to decide for themselves. To decide is that how you said you, to what you're Oh, to decide for me, right. For, for right. you and everybody else. Because, right. because a small majority, or maybe not even a majority, because a small handful of elected officials decided, because more, more agreed than disagreed, for you and for everybody else. 
that's and then it's like every every little thing that you think about like what am i prepared to use violence against am i prepared to use violence against somebody smoking weed fuck no go do your thing like right, am i prepared right. to use violence against uh you could re- we could go back and forth about it am i prepared to use violence against somebody that wants to hurt me and my family or my 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 property yeah i am are you, are you prepared to hurt someone who wants to abort their own kid yeah, that's the thing I'm not. I'm, I'm not. not prepared. I'm really yeah, not. not at all. I'm actually prepared. If, I'm actually prepared to help them through through it. Exactly. And that's to talk, that, help talk to them through and it. It's, and that's the thing. I really feel Support like them. These, these circles that are super, you know, like anti-abortion. It's like, well, look, I really feel like if you were, and this is this, I'm kind of like falling into my own. Like, um, if you really cared about it, blah blah blah. If you really cared about it, you would do this. That's right. kind of like that's my position. It's like, well, okay, maybe instead of like tacking on all these rules and regulations and laws, like maybe we need to present a better dialogue in terms of like, we need to dialogue, you know, for having a kid, whatever, no matter what way they were conceived, that it just makes more sense for people to have these kids, no matter what way they were conceived, than make an argument, you know, again, or for the government deciding whether or not you have it. You you can't you can't go to your you can't show up at your girlfriend's house and she's banging like a couple of your buddies and just grab her cat and throw it in the microwave. You can't do that. Against exactly. the law. It's, it's, it's called it's called it's called animal torture. It's fucked up. You can't do it. But you can go down to Safeway and buy a cow that was fucking killed. Um, and, uh, and, it, it was, you know, pr- probably in, in even some circumstances, inhumane way and eat it. Very often it's inhumane. But, but, often either, but, it's inhumane. but either way, we're talking about killing animals. And that's kind of how I, I – uh, someone proposed that to me the other day. They're like, yeah, um, because we call it abortion and it's done by the person who the baby's inside, we're not going to call it killing. No, it's still killing an animal. Still, and, that's, and like I just want to have that honest dialogue with people. Yeah. I I I'm not saying you can't do it because because I because the cow I'm all about fucking like you kill the cow so I don't have to cry when I see it fall <laughs> to the ground and all that shit. Right, and that, that's well, that's the that's the um, I don't know what you but the people don't interface properly with thought either. Like mm-hmm. it's we've in the, the there's been a very whoever is the mastermind of this is has done a wonderful job at it. People do. People somehow a great we, job of fucking everyone up. Yeah, you really, they really have. But that's the thing. We've really gone down such a rabbit hole where it's like we can't properly have a conversation without. If the second somebody disagrees with you, they feel like you're a bad person for not sharing every single thing. Every every for not sharing all the same talking points or all the same nuances of of whatever it is you're talking about it's almost like the farther and farther they're treading into this, like this territory of, of opposition and not, not opposition of, you know, a healthy disagreement opposition of like, I don't fucking agree with you and you're a bad person because of it. Is, 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 is honest. By the way, that was a great line. You said people aren't equipped to interface with thought. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That that was (laughs) some great ones this morning. Um, That's the thing. It's not, to that point, it's like not even in a sense where it's like – not even about complicated things. People aren't prepared to sit down and be like, wow, right. I'm fucking sad. You know, like these are – to be alive is – you know, that there's that uh, that clip from Rick and Morty where he's like, to be alive is to risk it all. 
you mm-hmm. know otherwise you're just inert matter floating to the universe and i think that's like that's what people don't realize is like to be alive is to experience life and you're gonna have to do it whether you want to or not and the, the good the bad all of it but like by properly accepting what it is that you're thinking about is to be alive you know to, to be alive is to like <clears throat> to eat whatever it is the universe is serving to you you know at that moment so people aren't even prepared to be like People aren't even prepared to be like, I had a bad day or fucking even people aren't properly prepared to look at somebody and say, hey, I I really appreciate you. I love you. You know, like you, I really value who you are in my life. People aren't prepared to do that. Hey, maybe they'll think I'm gay. Maybe they'll think I'm this. Maybe Mm. they'll, maybe they won't reciprocate it. But that's the thing. Yeah. But that's the thing. It's like, well, you don't, you don't really get to decide. You don't really get to decide like what's on the other side of of you and what you're experiencing. You just have to experience what you're experiencing. That's, that's, um, that's we had a guy on the life. other day, Steve, a uh, Jaguar heart. And, and one of the things we didn't get, I need to have him back on. Oh, uh, I love Heidi Kroom. I'm spoken for, but I, <laughs> I, the warm, the warm, fuzzy feelings go both ways. Um, this guy, Jaguar heart said, um, uh, uh, we call it feeling sad. Jaguar uh, heart? That's yeah, ja- the most badass thing I've ever heard. <laughs> it, is pre- it is pretty badass. And he walks the walk. But hey, what is it if you don't call it sad? What is it? And and and, and, and there's there's whole levels of things you can t- is it tension? Are you holding something? Like you don't even have to label it sad. Like you're saying, you can sit down and let go of the word sad and start to really uh go into this. Mm-hmm. What 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 is what really is I S is, uh, it. And, and and you're right. People aren't people aren't equipped to do that. They're being people told. People aren't prepared. People aren't no. prepared. And but those but tools are readily available in this day and age. But that's what I mean, shit. Are, someone can listen to this podcast and get it. So that's the thing. People are. It's not even that people aren't prepared. It, they're prepared like they're not prepared because they deliberately choose not to. They're prepared because they would be like, you know, it's just easier for me to think you're a bad person because we don't have the same thoughts and feelings and to accept it like. Hey, maybe we've we've walked a different path in life and like we don't feel the same way. But like, hey man, fuck. Like as long as you don't as long as you don't show up at my house and actually try to take a gun, or as long as you don't as long as you don't fucking walk into my house and actually try to rape my wife, like, okay, like everything's fine and good. Now I could I could still think you're a good or a bad person. You're free to you're free to feel whatever way you like. I'm just saying that like, okay, maybe um I have a coach who we are very different if you want to call it politically, we're very different, but I love talking to him because it's like, okay, well, like you and me have clearly had a much different run of things in our life. And to get that different perspective and come away with it a little bit shaken up, not emotion, shaken up, maybe a little bit of emotional because of my own you know, shortcomings, but, but to be shaken up in such a way that it's like, wow, like you, you seem very strong and set in your belief. And I feel very strong and set in my belief, but, to, to hear like the different viewpoint has just allowed so much more like season to the gumbo that I feel like mm. I'm, I'm taking something away from it. And it's whether or not I come away agreeing with you or what, or, you know, you totally change my viewpoint is, <clears throat> is irrelevant. The fact that you're able to, to go up, you know, to face the, the dragon or to face the, whatever, the, whatever it is that you feel is so challenging about how that challenging to the way who, who you are and how you think and feel is, you know, like, that's, again, like, that's life, that's, you don't really get to choose, like, you don't really get to choose 
how you change. Change is inevitable, you know, I mean, whatever. You, but you do get to change, like, how you properly, how you deal with it, how you seek it out, how, how it's brought to you, you know, so on and so forth. When, 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 you, when you fight, you go in the <clears throat> ring and you fight another dude. Can you believe the, you brought a professional fighter on here and we haven't talked about fighting for the <laughs> <laughs> talk that we spent maybe of the 47 minutes we've been on here, we've talked about fighting for, for maybe two of them. <laughs> Typical. Yeah. Uh, um, when, when you, when you go into a ring, a ring you are a fighter, right? <laughs> you, get paid, you get paid to fight. Poor, poor, um, Heidi, poor, poor Heidi probably thinks I'm a dancer still. <laughs> Thank you for sticking uh, around, Heidi. <laughs> when you go into a ring, so I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna open up the door of personal responsibility, and I've really come to the conclusion that there's re- there's nothing else you need to know um, other than personal responsibility. There's no there's no like if you buy a car and the windshield breaks and you get upset, that whole thing is your responsibility. You purchased the car and made yourself vulnerable to the windshield breaking upset. If you get into a ring and fight someone and the referee makes a bad call, you're still, and you blame the ref. It's that's bullshit. It's still your fault. You put yourself in that fucking position to let a ref going back to what you were saying to have power over you. You're not responsible for the fact that it. You're not responsible that it happened to you. But you are responsible for the fact that it happened to you. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Uh, say, say it one more time. I was texting. I was, text, I was simultaneously not, texting. Fucking guilty. Fine. No, no. <laughs> you're not responsible that it happened, but you're responsible for it happening. Does that make sense? Just yes. To, yes. It, yes. It, it, yes. It, it, you're not accountable. You're not accountable that it happened, but you're accountable for it now that it has. Right. And in, you're not, in you're this, not always accountable. I would, a lot of it, 90, 99.9999% of the time, you are responsible that it fucking happened to you. And what I would call, and I would call this that um, this is, this is uh, eventually the, the paradox here is that this is God mindset. Because God is, God is this creature, if, if or, or this entity, or this, or, or the spirit, or this thought, or this, whatever you want to call it. Maybe it's an, it's a, a no thing, but it is um, 100% responsible and in control of everything. Mm-hmm. And so if you want to be in that space, you also have to, to, yeah. <clears throat> to ride to, out, ride out the parts of it that you weren't prepared for as much as the ones that you were. Yeah. You have to be a hundred percent for all of it. Yeah, responsible mm-hmm. for everything. You fucking get arrested in a mistaken identity and you go to jail for 30 years, you're responsible. Mm-hmm. And but, I, even, but even that, even the fact that's what I mean. I it's, mean if, to, if you want it to end, by the way, the other way it never ends. Oh, you yeah. never if become you, present by blaming. You never become present or or find joy. That's yeah, literally removing. Yeah, yes. you're removing you're yourself. Not, you're not – yeah, like, and, and that goes back to the abortion thing. You're never like, oh, I aborted the baby and now everything's better and I'm happy. Oh, that guy that guy um, molested my daughter and I went to his house and shot him and killed him. Now I feel better. It never ends going that yeah. way. It never no. – the, there's no like, oh, I, I stole the money back from the guy. Now it's better. It's No. <laughs> no, it, it's, it doesn't work that way. At least I've never seen it work that way. We've I've heard this talked about. It's called been called uh, – Jocko Willing called it extreme ownership. Uh, um, 
Mark does Manson he take it this far when he talks about it? Yeah, fuck yeah, yeah he does. Yeah. And that's what he that's it. Mark Manson. I read I read a book in um the subtle the it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Mm-hmm. And he he lays out an anecdote about this guy who spent the vast majority of his life sick. He was born with some sort of disease, and really up until like his it was like his mid twenties, he somehow got to a point where he was in essence on his deathbed. And when I talk about the percent of the things that happen to you are your fucking fault, the point zero 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 one is like, okay, you, you can't control if you were born with a fucking disease. But if uh, this guy, he had a like an epiphany at some point that it didn't fucking matter what was going on or what happened, but he was from that point on, he was going to take responsibility for everything that happened to him. He was going to be accountable for it, and he was going to own it in his life. And then he ended up. I can't think of who it is, and I'm ashamed because like this, you know, is a really relevant thing. I think if people were more observant of this, I really think they would like their life a lot more. But he ended up being like one of the foremost, like acknowledged and superior authorities in like some some sort of like medical field. He ended up like being a doctor. He turned his whole life around. He ended up, my and, point and he is, had some issue when he was born. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, he was born okay. with some issue. He contracted a disease later on too, and it was like I said, he was at some point he realized like fuck that, everything that happens to me, I'm going to take responsibility of whether it's my fault or not, and I'm going to fucking ride this bitch. And like I said, he turned his whole life around. He ended up, he went from being bedridden to like being able to walk. He ended up being like some some authority in the like the medical world. I'd love to look it up, look it up the thing, but. Hey, how, how along that exact same line? How have you ever seen those people who they're blind and they don't use walking sticks and they they use sonar? They make clicking sounds. No, have you seen that? No, that's no. And 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 they show a kid like skateboarding, rollerblading, uh, riding a bike, and it uh, uh, the the kid I'm trying to think of is a black kid. And he'll be like, "I'm passing a bush. I'm passing a mailbox." And here's what's fucking crazy. It's because he didn't go – like how much better is his life than the dude with the stick? Uh-huh. This dude doesn't need the stick. He can do everything still, but it's through sonar. He makes a sound. He That's adapted cool. in a way that was his way. Oh, is that? Oh, yeah, that might be him. Is it Ben Underwood? Is ben that Underwood, cat? I think. Yeah, because yeah. they, they had some videos. Uh, yeah, he's like riding a bike, and he's balancing here on this uh, fire hydrant for people that can't um, – that are listening only. But yeah, and uses sonar. That that's this kind of and, and there's a bunch of people now and actually I think they have a sonar school now for blind people. That's amazing. And and it's it's like how oh, because he decided you know what I'm not going to use the stick. Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. I forget. But, I forget how it happened, but it's just it's just amazing because there was probably people probably thought he was a fucking idiot. Hey, this has already been developed. This is the way you do it. This is Braille. This is this. This is the walking stick. Yep. This is and fit inside this. But, but they already had it, and we already had it as humans to to adapt in our own way already. For sure. And uh, and and there's a responsibility component there that's mind boggling to me. Mm-hmm. Not but, not give up. I'd actually like again, to see him. Would you fight that guy? Let's get that guy in the ring with you. Oh, it looks, like <laughs> it looks like he passed away five years ago. Oh shit! Really? Oh, yeah. So you gotta take responsibility for that. Hey, comment he got hit by like, a car. He crossing the street. Got hit by a car. Oh fuck! <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> All right, fuck that sonar shit. Well, at least he tried it. He was a real. 
yeah. He's, he he wrote it out all the way to the end. Of yeah, yeah. He was, a, yeah. was born in 2006. He was a real innovator. Um, how how many fights before? Um, so so. How many fights before you fight for the belt? Um, I, I was looking at um, uh, you know who's fighting this weekend? It's um, Sean Strickland is fighting that uh, yeah, that dude. Yeah, the guy. But but one of those guys, I, I don't think one of those guys might Pahina fight. Pahina knocked out Israel Adesanya. I want to say twice. Yeah. Um, uh, and uh, one of those guys might just jump up and fight the champ next. Yeah, that's what they're saying. They said the winner of that's going to get the next shot. So could that is, is that something like if you win this fight in convincing fashion, could you just go straight for the title? Kind of, I, I'm really going to subvert the conversation again. Please. Which, which, Anytime. I, the way I like to think of it is like there's no such thing as a title fight. There's no such thing as a non-title oh. fight. Every fight is the most important fight of your life. And whether or not there's a belt at the end of it is kind of irrelevant to like what you need to do in the in the in the moment to moment of a you know an actual fight um, yeah th- this sport is fucking crazy um every fight is a super bowl there's no there's it's not like baseball where it's like we won one of four great we're fucking going to the top right. this, this <laughs> sport fighting is fucked up there's no wiggle room i've never walked into a fight and i'm like i'm you know what i'd be okay if i lost this one like <laughs> right i'm gonna I'm just go in there and collect a pit like i've never done and i you know i mean i've seen guys I've seen guys that has, and it it never ends up well. I've never seen one guy who's been like, "Yeah, fuck it, why not?" And then they you know, they came on the other side, like, "You know what? I'm glad that I phoned it in and I lost." It was, you know, it's it's always like part of it's like me, part of it's like you know what? I want to like I always want to perform to the best of my ability, and then especially this Moldowski guy, it's like you know he's an, he's another guy he's around my age, he's up and coming, he's he's already like tasted the sweet water as it were he's like he won the interim title he beat my teammate a couple of years ago it's all things that are like like you know don't get me wrong like i'd, I'd love to love to capitalize you know or, or make a point on any one of those things with a victory but for me like i'm not even really thinking about like winning or beating him i'm thinking about like going in there and and performing in, in as dominant a fashion as i can minute to minute to minute to minute and you know seeing where i end up yeah is is that um, how many fights have you been doing that four. when did you the last four fights you've been this, in that mindset this, this will be my fourth fight doing that yeah in that mindset it, I, i'd always like <clears throat> that's it i got i got into this thing where like even in, in even in the amateurs where i was like i'm just gonna think about winning and it's like one of those things where it's like you really aren't in control of like um, you, you know, you really aren't like 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 you were saying before. Like bad things happen. Judges make shitty calls. Refs make shitty calls. Um, accidents happen. Crazy. I mean, it's just there's so much life that like you you really can't you really can't bottle up and control. It's just you have to let it happen. But you can. There are some things, a lot of things, really that you are in control of, and the things that you are in control of, you need to fucking as much as you can, as, as much as is in your power to do, put it under your thumb and control it, you know? Um, you're 6'8", 250? Mm-hmm. Two, I'm ever... like two, 255 now. I've been, I've been hammering down more. Like, I really found it on my diet. I'm trying to get, like, I really let my body tell me what to do in, in terms of, like, where I need to be uh, in a physicality sense. But, like, I've been getting, like, heavier and, like, bigger, you know? What's the heaviest you can go in? Is it two six five? Two sixty five is the the weight limit. Yeah. 
and and that's this is or that's the same for the UFC also. Uh huh. Yeah. And and have you ever been over two sixty five? No, sir. Never in your life. Mm-hmm. So I was. Whenever whenever I moved to Florida, I was like two thirty. Um, trying to think. When I moved to Florida, I was like two thirty, and then in like a year of being here, I went from like two thirty to like mid two forties. And I think it was the same thing. I like my body just kind of started gaining weight, and I, maybe it's because I got older. But I think it was because like. I started, like, got into the groove of things. I started to figure out, like, what I need to do to perform better. And, like, all of a sudden, I started getting weight. I'm, I, I'm, I'm 5'5", five, five, so you're 13, no, 12, you're 15 inches taller than me. Mm-hmm. And I heard somewhere that for every inch taller, you should be, you could be seven pounds heavier. So that would be 70 plus, that'd be 105 pounds heavier. Yeah. And I'm, like, 165, but I'm chubby. Okay. Is that creatine? Yeah, it's, a, it's a uh, so okay. So that would make you. That would probably put you like at two. That would put you at at uh, two ninety five or something. Three hundred pounds. If I, if I right around, right around. dude, I would fucking beat your ass if I was six eight. I'd be three hundred pound version of you. <laughs> Size me and everything, though. I'll say This guy that fought. Um, who's the, who's the champ over at UFC? The guy who they say hits like it? a. No, oh, sorry. In Ghana. Who was the guy who fought him last? Uh, Cyril Gunn. Cyril Gunn. Yes, thank you. Sorry. I'm supposed to be the, the expert. I don't know shit. Uh, Cyril Gunn, um, he, uh, he – I don't ever remember seeing a heavyweight move like him. Yeah, he's he's definitely special to watch. He's got – he's really light on his feet. He fights kind of like with his hands lower than, than you would expect, especially for like MMA. Um. He's not somebody. I mean, he he stops a lot of guys, but he's not really known for like his like his Ngannou esque power. He's known for you know his very high technical acumen. He's very sharp, very quick, very accurate, athletic. Mm-hmm. Like, that's the like, thing. That's, maybe it's because a lot of them feel like they don't have to be, but like um, in heavyweight, you just you definitely don't. It's not that I don't think guys can. I think that heavyweight, a lot of people just don't feel like it's necessary to do that. So they, yeah. you know, they are, don't, they don't. Are you athletic? Like, do you, do you want, I mean, are you athletic? That's the thing. I don't think, um, I'm not like, do you, do you move like water? Like do you, when you do burpees, is it smooth or that's, I'm more of a, I've been told, I don't, I don't really think about it too much to be honest with you, but like, I've been told that I'm more of a explosive movements type guy instead of a, instead of an agile movements type guy. Um, Again, these are all things I've just been told. I'll be honest with you, I never put too much stock into it, not just in the sense that um, because I wasn't interested, but also just because, like, I was like, I don't know, fuck it. Like, I'll just do whatever – I'll do whatever I'm coached to do or whatever I feel like the right thing is to do at the time. And and, and what about what about when you get your size um, um, kicking? Is kicking a, a different game? Kicking because is big, yeah. It's, it's, I, that's the thing. MMA is like big guys, kick, I feel like, kick as fast as small guys, but their punches always just seem slower, like you can see them coming, but not their kicks. The big guys, their yeah. kicks are always still like, oh, shit. And that's the thing about kicks. Like, MMA is such an interesting – it has such an interesting metagame in that, like, in kickboxing, you know, you're encouraged to to have a higher output and, and do as much as you can with every with every appendage that you can. But in MMA, like takedowns are a part of the part of the meta. So it's like, okay, well, if you kick at the wrong place at the wrong time, the other guy times it and catches it. You you have to work in the takedowns. 
So like you have to set it up better and you have to, you know, you have to <clears throat> distance is such a big part of the, the engagement. Okay. How far away are we? If I kick from here, is he going to be able to catch it? Even if he does catch it, is he going to be able to capitalize? It's like, it's like this, this whole thing. You know what I mean? It's, it's not that, but those that can kick well at heavyweight, it's like to be able to utilize that extra bit of rain is, you know, something else. Yeah. It's nuts. Are, are you always adding to the arsenal? I'm trying. Yeah. And that's, and I really feel like every, after every fight, I usually, I sit down with at least, uh, usually all, but at least a couple of the coaches and, and I'd be like, okay, well, here are some things I feel like I did well. And here are some things I feel like, I can improve on how do you feel about it? And I like to get a sense for like what everybody thinks and feels. So like camp to camp, I definitely like hold on to the things that um, I definitely try to hold on to the things that I'm already doing well and like, and, and maintain them, make them sharper. But I also think about the thing, okay, well, like if I don't improve this, where does that leave me open and, and vulnerable? What can I do to improve that? What can I do to, to implement those things right now? What do I have to do to, to make it better in the long term kind of thing? Um, is it is it literally like, okay, I want to learn a, a push kick or I want to have a spinning back elbow and like you'll write that down and like that's what I mean. Like like I, I, I figure it is like kind of like going to the store and buying like shit to cook with. Okay, I need yeah. a pan. Okay, oh, I'm going to get some le- – I'm going to do something with lemons today. Yeah, for me, more more or less, yeah. I bring a notebook to, to these meetings and I write down like, okay, here's what I want to do, here's what I want. And then before sparring, I will write down like, okay, here's what I'm gonna I'm gonna do. I'm gonna throw this many jabs. I'm gonna throw this many kicks. I'm going to do this with my body. I'm gonna make it a point to try this. And then, um, what makes what's what's fun about that is it's like you can come into sparring with a plan, and just like we were talking about before, sometimes you execute it perfectly, and you're like, this is this is fucking dope. This is what's going to work. And then other times it's like, well, I planned on doing this whenever I came in, but I ended up having to do this. So I had to practice. I got to practice this and kind of work that other thing too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I do know what you mean. I, I, um, I, I, I took a motorcycle. Uh, I wanted to get my motorcycle license a few years ago. And I took a motor, a two-day motorcycle safety course. And the reason why I took the safety course is someone said that after the safety course, you have everything done and all you have to do is take the test at the DMV. So you don't have to do the driving test, nothing. And oh. they said take – and so I took the safety course and I thought it was the dumbest fucking two days of my life. And then I noticed the next week my motorcycle riding was fucking way better. It yeah. had fucking completely – it had worked. I, I was a fucking better rider. I took turns better. I fucking stopped better. I knew what to pay attention to. I saw more bad riders. I fucking looked at everything differently, and I was like, "Holy fuck, that course is dope." Yeah. Um, do you ever do you ever do that? Like you're like you're training like um, takedowns, like or getting up from takedowns, and you're like, "Fuck, I I just wasted a fucking week," and I, like I don't feel like I'm any better at getting out of that. And then you fucking are in the ring. And you're like, "Oh, this motherfucker can't hold me down." Oh, definitely. And then you have things, yeah. especially whenever you're like, I fucking suck at this and I'm going to try to, you have this thing where you're like, where, especially when you first start, you're like, oh, okay, well, these little, these three fundamental things that I'm not doing correct, I need to adjust. You'll start to try it in practice and you'll put yourself in a position where you have to do that thing. And you realize like, wow, I uh, am so fucking bad at this. I didn't realize how fucking bad at this I am. And it's like one of those things where, 
like what happens is you keep trying it, keep trying it. And then one day, I couldn't tell you how many times this has happened. I'll go back and I'm like, you know what? I should try that thing that I suck at. And then you'll do it and I'll hit it and I'll be like, holy shit, I didn't realize I knew it as well as I did. And it's because, you know, I had the, I kept working on it, working on it, working on it. And then eventually I got to the point where I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like I, I did know it. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. The, br- the break from it, um, <clears throat> something processed. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <clears throat> something, something processed. Then you, you work on two, like you were talking, like the fundamentals of doing that safety course. Like it's like one of those things where, um, I began working with, we had a, a new coach that we added on and he started to help me with a thing with my jab. He was saying like, don't, don't think about like getting the most out of your arm, keep your elbow down, just get it out as fast and bring it back as fast as you can. And like at the time it felt like kind of at the time it felt, you know, I knew I needed to do it. And I was like, I'm going to fucking try it. I'll do whatever he says. I was just being coachable, but I'll, but I'll be honest with you. It's like, it felt kind of menial of a correction at the time. Like kind of like, Oh my God, this is fucking boring. But I've noticed that like in the three or four months since I started doing what he said. And now like the, the other day I was like, damn, my jab is fucking on. And it's because like, I feel like I'm assimilating that tip better. Uh, the jab is such a weird, uh, the most important strike. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, me too. But, but, but as a non fighter, it's just so weird. It feels like there's nothing there. Just your mm. average layman like me. If I just go like that, like, I'm just like, fuck that. That ain't going to hurt nobody. <laughs> but you see people, but you see yeah. people just fucking just like, like Holloway. Yeah. Holloway's well, the maybe he's a bad example. Cause his don't seem to like knock dudes out, but a triple G or fucking Canelo, their jab is nuts. But that's the thing is like the jab isn't, it's not like a, it's not designed to be a knockout punch. It's designed to, you know, it's designed to do a hundred different things. But right. like we've seen people, uh, Vladimir it's courtship to, to take him to bed. It's the courtship move. The, the, the fucking overhand right that puts people to sleep. He's usually only present because they had a, a solid evening of having to look at this all night. Right. Even though it didn't mm-hmm. knock you out, it, it flustered them enough and made them adjust the positioning of their hands and their head in such a way that next thing they know, that they go the right hand. Did you see Kayla Harrison fight last night? I went to bed before that. Nothing against Kayla Harrison. No, but, um, sure. I heard, it, I heard it was kind of like an early stoppage. I, I woke up and I looked at it. So I'm trying to figure out what happened. I, I haven't. I haven't done research. They, they did. It, it was the, the chick was going to get sm- smashed anyway. The chick was yeah in a bad spot. Um, it, it was yeah. like it was like 15, 30 seconds in or something. Kayla was already working on getting her in a crucifix. It was going to be. It was not going to be good. But something happened to Kayla Harrison when she was on the ground, and I can't figure out if she was but injured. She I think maybe she was crying, or she got the wind knocked out of her. Something was not. Right, and and I need oh. to. Does she train with you? No, she's at she's American Top team. team. Okay, mm-hmm. and is that um is that a stone's throw from you? It's twenty twenty five minutes. So to a Floridian, twenty twenty five minutes is it might as well be you know Louisiana, but no, it's not that far at all. Okay. Well, I'm. I, know, I'm, I mean, I wonder what happened. I, that's. I, I'm. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay, yeah, me okay. too. And may, maybe I saw it wrong. Maybe, but I don't think I saw it wrong. What? What? what did you see any news on her? That's yeah, the thing. See. I woke up this morning and I, I, if I don't stay up for the fight, play, and um, and then a lot of the times, like I have the ESPN, I'll go back and like just I'll watch the card. I was watching on my own time. You know, fights are more fun to watch. I feel like in the middle of the day anyway. But um, 
Uh, Are you going to watch tonight? Nah, probably. Pro- at least up until Robbie Lawler fights. Then I'll probably go to bed. <laughs> But, uh, hey, um, are, are you? Do you think he should be fighting, Robbie Lawler? Yeah, of course. That's the thing is like, um, he's obviously not. He's a little bit past his days where he was, you know, he defended the title six times or whatever, four times. But uh, you know, he still competes. He still competes well, and he still enjoys it. So it's like, I get, it's another one of those things where it's like. I don't know if I feel comfortable telling him, you know, and even right, if I did, right, right. I have, a, I have a good, I have a really good relationship with Robbie. I've always kind of like Robbie and I have always like gotten along really well. And I've trained with him, like not just been in the gym with him, but like done actual training with him several times. He's a class act, fucking awesome guy, really good fighter, really good mentor. I think at this stage of his life, he's getting ready to make the move into more of like a, like a mentor coaching kind of role. Um, and he's, he's fucking awesome, man. Um, but that said, like at this point in his life, I feel like if he's still, if he's still competing, even if, even if he was at a point where he was like three fights in a row, all knockouts, all early, it's, that's like one of the few times where it's like, well, if it were somebody who I was close to, I probably would tell them like, Hey, look, man, like, I love you. And I, I just don't want to see this happen to you again. Like, can, can you please start to think about your future? Even if that was the case for Robbie, it would not be my place to say to him. Does, does that right, make sense? Right, right, mm-hmm. right. It um, would be, if, any, if anything, it would be his place to say to me, like, hey, Steve, we need to, let's sit down and reevaluate, you know. But that said, like, if I felt like the coaches weren't doing an adequate job, and then I would probably tell somebody, like, hey, I really feel like somebody needs to talk to him, you know. His fight with Diaz was a trip, right? What a, a unique fight. fight. Yeah. Just the relationship <laughs> they had in the ring and uh-huh. and like when it was over, it reminded me of some fights I've seen like like in the hood, like when two Mexican dudes are fighting. Like they, like they go, there's kind of like this, and then when one dude's done, it's just done. It's just, <laughs> just the way like Diaz was just like, we're good, you won. <laughs> Diaz, Diaz knew, he knew what it was, and it was – he knew yeah. what it was when he, he took it at the end there. He's like, okay, look. <laughs> yeah, okay. and it was nuts. It was the respect. Like, you never see – you just don't see that in the fight game. Like, No, you don't. <clears throat> uh, especially, like, for where they're at, like, both of them in their life. It's, like, one of those things where they're they're so past, like, the – Hey, dude, you get – you're a fucking big-time fighter. Get yourself a new napkin. Don't be using that. You're fucking <laughs> You're about, you're, about to win, you're about to win the fight night bonus. In a it's, uh, we got, we're in the middle of a fucking recession. I got to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, global warming. You just saved it. You don't want to waste a tree. Climate yeah. change. The, the supply chain is shit, man. I might not see another paper towel for reducing his carbon footprint. That's right. Hey, you're just going to dry that thing out after the show. Open it up and dry it out. Hey, hang, it out hang it out to dry on the window outside. Uh, honey what's that my my speaking of what of which my my uh my wife's jewish she's ashkenazi and i'm armenian and i Spike, always Spike Cohen is jewish. Just oh okay go. good yeah all the go smart ahead, people ahead. are jewish and i told her i was like i, I told her i go god i'm I, like your people are totally misrepre- misrepresented i hate the thought of, of jews being considered frugal i'm a thousand times more frugal than her i have i put this hair gel in my hair and it's 27 dollars for a little glass jar of it and today i'm looking for my glass jar and there's a new one out there like my new one that came in the mail a few days ago i'm yeah. like my old one still had a couple of uses in it and i look in the fucking trash and it's in there and i pulled it in trash 
And I said out loud, like talking to myself, you know, and I don't do this. I'm like, no, no, no. Like I said that out loud, even though it's just me awake in the house and I pulled it out of the trash and I walk over and I'm like this and there's at least one or two uses. And I left it like on her side of the bathroom. So she fucking knows. Ain't no Jew. Hey, Hey, Armenians are the new Jew. I'm taking that frugal shit from them. Good with their money shit. That's the thing is like being, I I was telling, um, I was telling, I was telling Mike Dante last night, like, I can't stand a motherfucker who's cheap. I cannot stand cheap people. Not just people who are, so look, it's one thing to be cheap, like, you don't spend any money, but like, you don't spend money because you're being smart. But there's another thing entirely to be cheap, like, you're intentionally always trying to like weasel out of paying things here and there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to ask your therapist for a fucking discount, and he just saved you from killing yourself. (laughs) It's like, like, come on, motherfucker. People who like you have that. We all have that friend who like you got to eat with a hundred times, and then like I only have the toast. Well, you picked up yes, or (laughs) or like you paid three times in a row last time you went out to eat with them, and then the check shows up, and they're like. Yeah, so what are we gonna do? You're like, you're gonna fucking pay it, dude. I paid the last <laughs> yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just can't stand that guy. It's like, bro, stop, you know, fucking. Um, but there's something special to be said about people who like, and this is this is my fiance through and through. She's the type that like he's scared. Did you see the way he looked over his shoulder? He's like, I don't <laughs> no, know if I should not, be saying this shit. It's not it's not a look of, of fear, it's a look of reverence, like, how the oh. fuck did she do it? She like finds a way to buy all the shit that she wants, and she still has like money. <laughs> I'm like, how do how the fuck do you do that? Like, I, I'm not. Is she, bragging, is she like, Armenian? Is she Armenian? No, she's oh, Cuban. Oh, That's oh, a, oh, I think that oh. might be part of it. the this generation of the the first couple generation of like Cuban Americans. I feel like they had to they had to be smart with like what went in and what it went out because I mean they were trying to make it in America. But and I she learned a lot from her grandpa. Her grandpa was really good with money. But um, no, she's it's just like one of those things where it's like I make more money than her, and she still ends up at the end of the day like with not just more money but like more to show for it i'm like yeah you gotta fucking you gotta see how you do that she knows how to stretch that dollar she cracked the code yeah i'm i'm in a i'm in a i'm in a point in my life where i like to be uh i like to be frugal i she'll be like um yeah and i I only have fifty thousand dollars left like shut the fuck up I know I, that's how I feel too. If my bank, if my savings isn't, fl- but like, so when I lost my job, literally, um, uh, Steve, two years ago, I, I never picked really any of the fruit on my trees. It was just all ornamental and I have yeah. fucking apple and I would, I would have apples on my apple tree and I'd still go to whole foods and buy apples. Now I don't have a job. <laughs> I picked those fuckers. I, 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 I probably, I picked like 300 avocados off my tree in the last year. Saved myself 300 bucks, is it, 400 is bucks, have, 600 bucks. Does, does this have something to do with the the being canceled thing you've mentioned it before? Yeah, do you, is that something you talk about or no? I no no I totally do. I I, I made I made I made a career of it. <laughs> <laughs> I made fat coin on YouTube talking about it. That's I. Uh, you let me yak at you for the better part of it more than an hour. Could you give me Could you give me a quick synopsis of what happened? Because I know that there's a lot going on like in the CrossFit world and uh, you know other stuff and how it. I'd like to know like how it pertains to you and like what your experience was. So, so it it took me, the the story keeps developing, but I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to, and I'm going to rush it kind of quick because I got to take my kids to tennis and I apologize. You deserve better from me. Um, but, um, uh, and, and thank you for coming on and being fucking cool. 
No, yeah. I fucking love coming here. This is a great time to run. Yeah, I had. Uh, I, I don't want to bash. I don't want to bash certain uh, fighters, but like a lot of them are, are not even fighters. Just guests are just guarded. And it's like, I don't mind, like, just tell me like, Hey, I don't talk about abortion. Like that's not guarded. That's just like, yeah. just keep it real. I just want to just keep just, it real. Like, just, just let me know what you really think. Yeah. 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 Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Like, Hey dude, don't fucking bring me on here and talk to me about shit. Understood. Um, Oh, even better. Yeah. Be like, yeah, look, I just don't talk about it. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking making, I'm gonna make money, not fucking yeah. alienate people. You fucking political douchebag. Like, okay, I got it. You got it. Understood. <laughs> you got me there. <laughs> I had, I had Justin Nunley on the other day, the TikTok superstar. And he lectured me on that. And I fucking love him. We do the UFC show. And after the show, he's like, listen, dude, I'm not here to alienate people. I'm here to be funny. Oh. I'm like, I fucking get it. And he's like, but I'm still coming back on every time you invite me. I fucking love oh. him. Like, yeah. Thanks. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to start off with my cock in my mouth. I w started working at CrossFit. I was like the sixth or seventh employee. And that thing grew while I was there in charge of media over the years to become okay. the fastest growing chain in the history of the world. I'm the, there's, I have no peer when it comes to, to uh, being a chief marketing officer of a company or an executive media director. There's no one, no one at CNN, no one at Vice, no one at Fox, no one at the fucking UFC. Sorry, Craig, nobody. I fucking, when I started there, there were 300 gyms. And when I left, there were 15,000 in 162 countries on all seven continents, including Antarctica. Yeah, and yeah. the experience I have as a human being is fucking, I put it against anybody. I've been to a fucking film movies in a hundred countries. I filmed famines in three fucking continents and uh, I've done it all. I've been fucking homeless. I was the only white guy who lived in an all black neighborhood for fucking uh, three years. Uh, I, I, I've done it fucking all. I've been to China, India. I was barefoot for two years and I've been fucking filthy rich and G5 did to Hawaii. Like I'd done it all. I'm we have the pictures. <laughs> I'm extremely open-minded to everything, everything. My favorite people to party with are fucking gay men. They're fucking free and liberated, and I would love a society of all gay men so I could go out to my fucking mailbox with my huge cock swinging <laughs> and no one fucking judge me. But but I don't have any I don't have any any tolerance for pedophilia or any sexualization of kids at all. Zero. That's yeah. where I draw the fucking line. You can fuck off and die. I put you in a spaceship and shoot you to Pluto. You want to do that stupid shit. That being said, I started working at CrossFit as a homeless man, and I fucking like all the people who work there we <clears> loved <throat> that place. It was our it, it it taught us how to take personal responsibility, personal accountability. Whatever you were interested in exploded. You were interested in loving your wife, it exploded. You were interested in God, it exploded. Whatever you did that you mixed with CrossFit got supercharged because you ate better, you moved better, and you cared about yourself, and you wanted to share that. And while I was there, I, 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 the company grew and grew and grew and grew. And then the woke thing happened. And then the, the, um, and then basically what happened is, um, uh, there was a there was a, a, a response to COVID, and it was given, I think, by the Imperial College, and it fucks society. And now, even to even yesterday, the health minister of fuck and immunization minister of Israel came out and said, "Holy shit, we fucked up. If yeah. you participated in." The pandemic, in the pandemic, whatever you want to call it, you are now complicit in killing people. It's known. If you wore a mask, if you got the vaccine, if you paraded around saying shit like we didn't know, you are complicit in killing and hurting people. It's just the way it is. Don't fucking deny it. It's the way it is. My boss didn't want to play that game. He could think. 
Greg Glassman didn't want to play. He could think, and he started speaking. And, and we know the leading problem in the United States is obesity. And yet this, what we did to try to fight COVID, the leading problem in the world is obesity. It's the leading cause of death cross board. Like it's what type two diabetes, heart disease, cardiovascular. I mean, it is the thing. And yeah. yet this, what we tried to do to stop COVID made everyone in the United <clears throat> States on average put on an extra 29 pounds. And my boss was like, fuck you. And then Floyd 19 and then, and then, and then George Floyd happened. Yeah. And I'll just give you one little nutshell, but the actions that were taken around um, uh, uh, what happened to George Floyd has now killed tens of thousands of black men who it was supposed to protect. If you're racist and you view the world as white men and black men by melanated skin and how that is, is we attacked fucking cops. They stopped doing their fucking job because they were scared. And now homicides amongst black men are up 34 percent this year. It's fucking nuts. And my boss wrote something that said Floyd 19, a tweet. Floyd 19, basically saying because the Imperial College, the same ones that were going to give us advice on how to deal with covid, were now going to give us advice on how to deal with racism. And my boss was like, fuck you. We're not taking your advice so you can kill more people. And the woke culture, including a lot of these fucktard athletes that I'm friends with who are complete yeah. fucking woke douchebags who should all come forward and apologize to Greg Glassman. They came, they started saying, cancel this motherfucker. What he did is racist mm -hmm. because, because he said, I don't fucking mourn, mourn Floyd and no one in their right mind mourns Floyd. He was driving high on fentanyl, high on meth. It was his third time being arrested. Um, uh, uh, and, uh with the, under the same drug circumstances, he had put a gun up against a pregnant woman's stomach in a home invasion. And now, um, uh, now, now he, he was killed, according to the courts, by a cop who used an improper procedure on him. When you look at the video and he's screaming, let me out of the car, and that's why they took him out of the car. And then he was banging his head on the concrete, and that's why the cop put his knee on his head. You can see all the video yourself. You can make the judgment yourself. And my boss said Floyd 19, and so people started attacking my boss saying he was racist. And in that, the New York Times wrote an article that referenced a podcast that I did with the great Stacey Tovar. She's a great CrossFit Games athlete. And in that podcast, I asked her, hey, what kind of birth control are you on? And she said, and she was uncomfortable in her response. She was uncomfortable in her, you know, made her lift her a little awkward. She goes, well, I'm on, I'm on C71213 dash hypo something or another. And I go, oh shit. And she goes, and then she, she came with life and she goes, and you know what? All the girls who are doing CrossFit now, they told me they got off of that and they got stronger. And now my career's come to an end and I wish I would have never taken that. And so it's this fucking brilliant thing. She's a little uncomfortable because I asked her about her birth control. And then she realizes that, hey, wait, this is a great moment to share to all women in the world that if you take this, whatever her birth control was, it makes you weaker. Don't take it. And instead of the fucking world embracing me and women everywhere coming and telling me I'm the fucking greatest and offering me free <laughs> hugs. Yeah. I censored that. I censored that. Good job. Um, yeah. I edited that. Thank you. <laughs> I, I imagined it being a real, I didn't want to fuck it up. And, 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 and instead of embracing me like, Oh my God, you have freed us. It made us all stronger by having the balls that no bitch on this planet has to ask me about my birth control and set us free from this fucking drug that was making us weaker. Sons of bitches like Katrin David's daughter, who's like one of the biggest stars in CrossFit, tried to paint me out as some sort of pervert because of something she saw in the New York Times. I saved a fucking <clears throat> baby from a burning building, and they didn't like it because I fucking was carrying it by its neck. Fuck you. <laughs> and now I am a fucking living storm. And you will never put me back in the bottle. Well, be Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I would... um. So 
that was really that's wonderful. a that's the kind of cliff notes of it so <laughs> and thank you for asking i'm it was like you set me up it was like <laughs> it, it was like tall steve held he's six eight and he held up his five foot five buddy oh. my, my friend's got something to say shut the uh, fuck up he's somebody you <laughs> i love it um well well i don't agree with specifically the the floyd talking points i do okay. love that you i do love that you're able to articulate it yeah and concisely yeah. talk yeah. about yeah. exactly how you felt yeah yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And 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 tr- tr- I don't want anyone to. I don't want anyone to. I don't want anyone to die ever. But to to demand that my boss, um, the, the community was demanding that we do BLM stuff, and I think that BLM stuff uh, hurt. I think it hurt society. I don't. Th- I think it. I think it spread. I think it, I personally think it spread racism. I've oh, I've seen it. I don't well, really think. Yeah, that's, it's like one of those things. People, <laughs> we haven't properly. People have somehow espoused the idea that and this is I might get canceled for this now, too. But it's like, look, I can the the Black Lives Matter movement, like mm-hmm. thinking that black people matter. I didn't need a fucking movement to tell me that. Of course I not. That, I think that by being born, no matter what color you have, no color you are, how much melanin you do, you don't have what what appendages between your legs. I think by being born, you have. You know, certain rights certain you're entitled to certain things just by you know having life breathed into you and um that's it so like like i said i yeah i'd feel remiss if i didn't say like i i don't know if like you and me have gone the same direction on george floyd and police but it doesn't it's relevant but my point is though that it's like, you hate okay, police well, i wouldn't say i hate i wouldn't say oh, i hate okay, police okay. but <laughs> you would not say so basically what you're saying is you hate police. <laughs> uh, you think all police should have been aborted? You think all police should have been aborted? <laughs> we finally circled back to where we started, and I love it. No, um, I love it. And now we fucking hate each other because <laughs> Damn it. literally the exact opposite of what we just said. Earlier. No, um, I do think what, – what I'll say, just to, just to bring what I said full circle. Please. I do think we need to change our relationship with, with police – what they are and what their role is in society. That's what I'll say. Because I yes. you, you have to pick your kids up from tennis. So I'm not that guy. And even yes. the George Floyd thing, it's like, well, look, like, I don't think he should be dead. That's what I'm going to say. Because again, because you have to pick your kids up from tennis. And it's and it, it even still my point. My point in this whole thing is people. I think that. So it's like as a. As I don't a, think he should be dead either. I don't think burning Ferguson down and causing seven hundred sixty million dollars no, damage think, is good. Is is, a, is, the, is the proper think, response? I don't really care who died. You shouldn't destroy personal property. That's yeah. mm-hmm. that's, yeah. But anyway, that's. But again, I digress. I can think that Black Lives Matter without this really insane fucking Marxist organization popping up and embezzling several hundred million dollars that basically all got funneled into the the top like four or five people in the organization. Mm-hmm. I don't know. If, I'm really kind of caught up in like how. I'm really kind of caught up in how people thought that was going to help. And that's, again, it's like, they, I really, you know, when I used to see those signs around, I, I assumed, um, because I assumed that it was black people talking to black people. I didn't know, like I saw those signs around like years and years ago, five, six, seven, like long time ago, I would see them all over Berkeley, black lives matter. And I thought it was so weird. I'm like, what, what is this? And I thought it was because, um, uh, uh, 96% 96% of all um uh or 51% of all homicides 
committed are by people with six uh, percent of the population, people with melanated skin and a penis. And I thought it was because ninety six percent of all homicides in Chicago were committed by people with melanated skin against people with other with with who also had melanated skin. And I thought that was the sign, like, hey, but hey, brother, stop killing your brother. I thought it was like a black on black, like, like yeah. uh. I seriously thought that's what it was for years. And then all of a sudden it's like, I, no one needs to fucking tell. I, that's how I thought. No one needs to tell me black lives matter. Fuck you. Like I, I almost felt like resentful, like telling me like women matter. I, you know, yeah, tell me women like whenever I hear women are strong, fuck you. My mom's fucking, this is an insult to my mom. My mom's triple X strong. Yeah. That's the thing. My mom is like, my mom breaks the mold of what you would even before you'd even think to consider what the word strong is. My mom has kind of crashed the definition of it. And like, yeah, in the in the ruins to build a fortress around your fucking easily use of the word strong is, yeah, and it's yeah. like, and that said, it's like people have this people do this weird thing where they equate like two ideas, like you just said, like the cops thing. It was fucking hilarious because it was fucking funny, but like that's <laughs> thank you. In in essence, that's what we were talking about before. Was like, well, look, no, I don't think that by being a cop you're automatically a bad person, but I do think that. We need to have a serious retooling of like what I said, what cops are, what the role is in society, and then I said something else too. But yeah, you know, I'm like, I'm totally for that, and I'm also mm-hmm. totally for um, the citizens retooling what they think. So, like, I give you the example: you can't, um, you shouldn't be able to park your car in front of your mailbox. And the reason why you shouldn't be able to do that is because it's it's the it's the right thing to do for your male woman or male man so that when yeah. they pull up, Perfect. yes, you have and, and, and on trash day you have to fucking put your trash out and it has to be facing the right direction so the fucking dude who's fucking up at five thirty in the morning comes by and his shits you, you have to participate and mm-hmm. if you're not going to fucking participate in your part like that's where I think the big problem is it, and there's no attention being put there I understand that that maybe cops need a, a massive retooling too. everyone, but, but man, society is fucking hard on these guys. We, we've really gone through like, uh, <clears throat> it's like, Kelly, we're, what are we prepared to use violence against? Okay. Like, Oh, good job. I think, bringing that I, back. I think that, do I think that you're an idiot if you don't say please and thank you? Yeah. I quite frankly, I think you're a fucking me idiot. too. Non-negotiable. I heard someone say the other day, with his kids, it's a non-negotiable. A Matthew Bordeaux said it, and that's the yeah. best thing. It's like that's the thing. Like with kids, and we talk about rights, we talk about like violence. It's like, well, yeah, look, like I don't think it's my God-given right to hear please or thank you when you ask me for something. But if my stepson says, "Hey, Steve, where are the batteries?" I'm going to say, "Give me your phone for an hour." It's not because I don't love him. It's not because I don't want him to have batteries. It's because I've told him a hundred times when you need something that isn't yours, you say, may I please? And if they oh. say yes, you say thank you. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's, I mean, my, my fiance, for all the good things we have going on in our life, we have, uh, you know, a hundred things where we're like, <laughs> we just, you know, we, we have right. hundred times. Course. We don't agree. Right. And that's one where it's, and that's, I'm not to get this personal, but like, that's one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, look like, do I think you're a bad person if you don't say please or thank you? Kind of yes, but do I think you're a bad enough person for me to use violence against you? No, no. no. but like, uh, you will like, go if you're my kid. You will go out in the garage and do some burpees. Exactly. <laughs> or if you, you know, if like the price. she's she's eleven and a half months old now, so it's not like obviously ah, it's one one deal. burpee. Don't be a pussy. Burpees <laughs> <laughs> on her own now. Walking, she just started walking. She just started something. Walking crazy. Crazy. Um, but um, it's like well. Am I going to kick the shit out of my kid because they, you know, they didn't look you in the eye when they spoke to you? No. 
are you going to do all the dishes three times this tomorrow? <laughs> you, you know, because you didn't. Yes. <laughs> because because you were rude to your grandma. Fuck yeah, you are. <laughs> and, and, but 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 an even bigger picture than that, you're gonna do those dishes because yeah. later on, I don't want to make you do that. But later on in life, you're gonna thank me because every person you say please and thank you to is gonna open a door. Yeah. But we and it, it touched on kind of like what you were saying before. So like, <clears throat> do I think the government should be able to show up to your house and and beat you to death because you did because you blocked your mailbox? Okay, no. Do I think that like he do should I drive by your house and not put your mail in there? Maybe. Do I, do, I think <laughs> it's up, do, I, do I think it's up to your community to say, listen, um, Matthew, I know I'm being an asshole and it's kind of annoying for me to show up at your house at 630 on a Thursday. But uh, the Nihilist guy really made it a point that, you know, not have the mailbox blocked. And it, it just makes his life so much easier, dude. Do you think? Yeah. Do you think you can wow, you sound like here? You sound like a human. <laughs> but, that's, but that's what I'm saying. It's like, I don't know, and it comes goes back to violence. It comes back to like, what is your right? What is not your right? Yeah. Do so I think what are you willing to outsource? To, what are you willing to let the government take care of? Because if you if you're in a community where somebody uh, somebody it could be if somebody puts a fucking mattress out in their front yard, it's like, hey, look, I'm not going to call the fucking cops on you because that is not what I want for you in our in our relationship. But like, bro, the mattress looks like shit, and the, everybody else worked really hard to, to, you know, keep their their front lawn looking pristine. It's good for property values. Plus, we just want our house to look nice. I get that the mattress. You're gonna is, fuck your wife out there and let us all watch. Take yeah, that mattress dude, back put your, inside. Put your fucking. Because <laughs> at the very least, could you put it in your fucking backyard? Ah, it's, like, shit. It's, it's it's your property. It's your dog. Give a right to do whatever you like. It's your wife. Bro, do what you want with her. Exactly. But could you at least let me watch? Wait, no. <laughs> can you at least throw the mattress on the back patio until garbage day? You know what I mean, right? Ladies and gentlemen, August twelfth, Bellator two eighty four. Steve Mowry. Uh, if I have anything to do with it, this won't be the last time you see him on the show. Steve, you demand Matthew. Yeah, hopefully not. Let's do it again. At least one more time this year. I think that. Yeah, great. for awesome. sure. It was great. Great. 